to the Feed You podcast, giving you the real scoop on raising your business to new heights. Expert education, inspiration, and motivation to fuel your purpose, your passion, and your profits. Here's your host, Elisa Connor. Hello, hello, and welcome to the Feed You, Feed you podcast. I'm Elisa Connor. I'm your host, and I'm so grateful you guys are here. This week, we are talking about the biggest mistakes that small businesses make when starting or running their business. And um, this came about over the weekend, actually, because I've been doing some... I don't, I don't want to say major spring cleaning, but now it's summer, so it's not really spring cleaning, but I've been doing some cleaning. I don't know if it was like motivated because we were home so much with COVID or what, but I've, I've kind of been on this ramp um, of cleaning out every closet, every room, and just going a little bit crazy with it. I think my family's a little bit nuts over it. So anyway, um, we had gotten a lot done for my son's graduation party that went really well, and then... Um, there was just a couple things that didn't get taken care of. And we have a couple of bigger filing cabinets and I'm really trying to go paperless with almost everything that we have. And so I was like, we gotta clean those out and find a shred-a-thon because we had like some business documents that needed to be done and tax tax returns and stuff. And I just didn't wanna do it with a shredder that takes forever. Um, and so I had found this cool shred-a-thon and they were, um, it was a free opportunity to go get your shredding done if you donated food um, for one of the local food banks. And I'm like, okay, no problem, we can do that. And so anyway, as we were going through this file cabinet, I was like realizing all of the different things that I've done um, business-wise. And I was like, holy cow, I've been doing this forever. What have I done with my life? And I don't know if you guys ever have those epiphanies where you're just like, what have I been doing with my life? And time goes by really fast. Um, But as I was going through that paperwork, I was like, oh my gosh, all these things that I've learned that I forgot that I learned. And I think as entrepreneurs, we, um, and business owners, we um, jump into this unknown and we think we should have it all figured out. We think we should have like everything, we should know everything because we, we've done this, you know, we've worked here, we've worked in corporate, we've done whatever it is to gain experience. So we should obviously have all this figured out. And what we don't realize is that there's no playbook, there's no handbook, there's no course on how to be an entrepreneur. And um, a lot of times, we uh, beat ourselves up because of what we don't know. And so I put together this episode, this week's episode, to talk about some of the biggest mistakes that um, small business owners make, but that I have made. (laughs) And I can tell you I've made almost every single one of these on here. And I'm hoping that my bringing it to your awareness and um, talking a little bit about it will give you some insight to take a look at your own business and say, okay, am, am I struggling here? Am I struggling there? Do I need to focus on this? You know, or maybe this isn't why something is working. Um, and these are pretty high level um, mistakes that people make and then they get stuck and they can't move forward and they're not at the level they want to be income wise, freedom wise and all those different things. So um, let's hop into it. I pulled together 10 and we should get through them pretty quickly, um, but they're all all, um, they're, like I said, they're all mistakes that I made in the past or that, um, you know, some of them, uh, you know, to be honest, I still struggle with. And so when I get to those, I'll, I'll let you know what that looks like. Um, so number one, and this is one that I see often and, um, 
the the saying the riches are in the niches or i don't know if you're saying niche or niche but i like niche riches in the or in the niches is really true um but you can't determine who your niche is if you aren't even aware of who your audience is and i know a lot of people struggle with this and they think they know who their audience is but it's so broad that they will not be able to focus in on who those people are and so the more you can learn about your audience the more specific everything you do becomes. And I just worked with a client who's super bright, super smart, really with it, does her homework. Uh, We're still working together. Um, But she really thought she knew her audience. And when it came down to it, she has multiple program offerings that all apply to different audiences. And so if you have one message that is, say, about one of her topics is leadership. And so she had an audience that she was building around leadership. Well, then when she decided to offer a new offering, which was kind of a shift to um, work with the people that are being affected by COVID, that audience didn't want the leadership. They're not ready for the leadership piece of it. They will be eventually, but they're not ready for it. And so if we would have taken that messaging and gone after the new audience or the the audience that needs that um, career information, they would have tuned right out. Just like, you know, if you're looking for um, a, a minivan, you need to go buy a minivan because you've got kids or, <clears throat> you know, you, you need to have a a way to to carry a bunch of people and you keep seeing car ads for little two-seater um sports cars you're going to ignore those because you're not looking for that you're looking for a full-size car and so when we create our messaging we need to make sure that we are talking to the people that want to uh, hear it but also that we want to attract because you're not going to attract everyone And so if you don't define who your audience is and you don't get clear on who that is and who you're talking to and who you want to attract, you just won't. Um, And I, oh my gosh, so many businesses have I done this with that I have not, (laughs) that I did not do this early in the day. Um, but it has made a significant difference every time. It's just like almost like turning a hot water faucet on and you get hot water. Um, when you get really clear on who that audience is and how you're talking to them, and if you have specific audiences for different pieces of your business and create messaging around those audiences, you are going to be, find success so much quicker. Um, it makes you stand out in the marketplace. It makes it, it obvious to the people that you're talking to that you're talking to them Um, and it makes it really easy for you to uh, connect with them right out the gate like you don't have to work so hard to make that connection Um, so if you haven't defined your audience or you you don't know who that is I actually have a great cheat sheet on my website that will help you um, kind of iron that out you can find it at alisaconnor.com forward slash ideal client and um that will get you started in the right direction. So that's mistake number one. Mistake number two is that everybody jumps on every piece of social media and they spend way too much time, money, and effort getting on social media with no plan. Um, They just, they're like, nope, I gotta be on Facebook. We have some friends that just opened a brewery and they're like, yeah, we got on Facebook. And I'm like, that's great. But how are you monetizing that? How are you moving people from there to becoming, becoming repeat customers and they didn't have an answer. They're like, I don't know, we're just gonna put stuff out there. And I'm like, that's great. But what happens when Facebook changes their mind 
next month and they're going to start charging you to post on there because if you don't believe they will change their mind all you need to do is go back and look at history they change their mind regularly and they are getting more and more um I don't want to say challenging, but kind of. They're, they're, it's more and more challenging as a business to try and get your information in front of the people you need to. One, for free, and two, even with paid advertising, because there's so many ads on Facebook, now you're having to vie for time on there to get in front of your people. Um, but you can't just willy-nilly social media anymore. You've got to have a plan, and you have to know, um, you know how you're implementing that. And so um, just jumping on social media or hiring somebody to just post things for you is not gonna cut it. You've gotta find a way to integrate that into your business and have that person be intimate with your business, your goals, your audience, and all of the other pieces and components so that um, they are fully aware of who you're trying to attract and why. So that's number two is don't just jump into social media and spend a bunch of time there and build an audience because if you don't have a place to send them or you don't have a way that you're moving them forward in your sales funnel, it's a waste of your time and money. Um, I know people are just like, oh, I want to go get, you know, 5,000 likes on my page. I'm like, that's great. But if you're not selling those people something or those 5,000 people aren't going to be interested in what you're selling, you're wasting your money, your time, your energy. So just don't bother. Um... Number three, mistake number three is that they're spending money on the wrong things. And so many people, and I've fallen into this too, you, um, you know, I've spent thousands of dollars investing on, <laughs> investing with people that I thought were going to give me the answer to how to start a business, grow a business, create a business, you know, you name it. Um, and I know many other people, including clients that I have, have done the same thing. They've invested in marketing companies, they've invested in um, different networking groups, all these different things. But the reality was, is that they wanted a solution that those people could not give them because they hadn't done the work to figure out what it was they actually needed. And so, um, or they were, and people are really good at selling. And um, I am always shocked and amazed. A lot of times, like, here's like one of my secret, um, I don't know what, what you would call it, vices. <laughs> it's like a lot of times um, I will go and sign up for somebody's program just because I wanna see what's in there. And I go in there and I'm like, oh my God, this is crap. And people will pay so much money for it. And I'm just like, this isn't gonna get them anything. And um, I think that, you know, as we move forward through, um, you know, the digital age, as we're gonna call it, or, you know, people are smart, they're getting smarter. And so if you're gonna put crap out there, people aren't gonna buy it. Um, you need to really think about what it is that people do want and then, um, give them that so uh, yeah whatever it is like don't uh so i don't know how i got off on this tangent but <laughs> number three is that you don't want to just spend money to spend money and most of the time um the people that are going to be and there are some really great coaches out there there's some really great programs out there um, but there's a lot of work you got to do on your own to figure out if that uh, program is gonna work for your business. Because if you haven't even figured out what you're gonna sell, who you're gonna sell it to, um, or how much it's gonna cost, or you know, do you have the experience, do you have any of that stuff, 
is it going to work? Do people want it? Like these are basic questions. If you don't have those answered and you go and invest, you know, 15, 20, $30,000 in a program, that program, no matter how good it is, isn't going to work because you haven't done the groundwork. And I have worked with now three multi-million dollar companies that have had, you know, their clients, I've gotten to work with their clients and they've come in and I, you know, I know what these people pay to be in these programs. And I'm just looking at them going, why did you spend all this money? Because this is a good program, but you're not ready for this program. You don't even have a product yet. Um, And so I'm getting ahead of myself because that's something that we're going to talk about a little bit further down. But don't just jump on a program because it sounds good. And it's, you know, with somebody that is, um, you know, apparently, you know, that is uh, giving you the appearance that they have the answer to what you want. Um, You really got to do some soul searching and some deep business digging to make sure that you are ready for that program. And that program um, is actually something you can plug into where you are now. Um, And, you know, I'm always shocked that people invest in programs without doing a little bit of research. Um, You know, even if you have, you don't have to have tons and tons of testimonials to be able to work with people, but you do have to have results you can show people. Um, And those results will vary depending on what you're providing to clients. But um, yeah, so uh, I didn't add that to the list, but I'm going to add that in here. So that's going to be number three and a half, which is like, people don't get testimonials for their work. Um, They forget about it and then it falls through the cracks and then uh, they go back and people can't remember. And so one of the things that I'm trying to implement into my business is getting testimonials all the way through the process um, because you can't show transformation if you haven't created a starting point. And so um, anyway, that would be number three and a half. So I guess this is 10 and a half reasons now, because uh, yeah, as business owners, it's really important that we go in and uh, capture testimonials of people that we've helped um, achieve results. I'm gonna, uh, okay, so that is number three and a half, which is funny that we just threw that in there. Um, Number four, is um, I don't run into too many of these people in my um, audience or my crowd, but definitely um, I have seen this over and over again and um, they are attracted to a certain type of of people. But um, the people that want overnight success, they think that they're gonna start a online business or a small business and they're gonna instantly make six, seven figures. And the reality is that um, most of that opportunity is passed. Um, To create a business takes time um, and it takes thinking outside the box. And I don't wanna say it's hard, um, but it does take work. Like you do have to put in the hours and the time to do some of this, concentrated effort to getting to where you want. And I think, you know, Gary V, I like Gary V a lot. And he almost gives the perception that he just went from wine connoisseur to overnight success. But the reality is, is that he has spent years developing that and creating that. And I think that there's this disillusionment, not necessarily with him, but with other um, online business 
promoters um, that you can just walk in and and wake up the next day and have you know hundreds of thousands of dollars and I don't know if that's ever been true um, my guess is is probably not but there you know if if that's something that you really think is going to happen I don't think there's anyone in this audience that would fit into that but if that's what your belief system is, you probably need to adjust that belief because it's just not a reality. Uh, it does take time and commitment and persistence to um, achieve your goals and get to where you want to get to. So um, no quick wins overnight. Like as far as, you know, there's no overnight success is what I'm trying to say. Number five. Oh, this is a biggie. Um, and this is this is one that I still struggle with. Uh, trying to learn or do everything yourself. Um, and trust me, it doesn't work. And it, that's why I'm trying to pull myself out of that pattern. Um, a lot of times we uh, have perfectionist syndrome as entrepreneurs and we think we're the only ones that can do it the way we want it to be done or the way that it needs to be done. And um, that's simply not true. That's just us having control issues. And I'm raising my hand high because it's uh, definitely one of those things that it's hard to let go of control, but you can't scale or grow if you don't. Um, and besides that, you get it's really easy to get burned out. Uh, I experienced this specifically last month because I just kept saying yes, 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 yes. And by the end of the month, between doing a graduation party, three other outside events, and taking care of clients, I was a hot mess. So um, I finally feel like I'm coming out of recovery <laughs> because I've just been working, working, working. Um, so, you know, the, the sooner we can hire that first person, and I'm in the process of uh, doing that right now, finding, finding the first person to bring in and assigning what um, specific things I would like for them to take care of, um, and not just bringing somebody in to complete your to-do list, but bringing them in for a specific role and what that looks like. So for me, that looks like somebody that's going to come in and help me with marketing. Um, I don't have a lot of time to do promotion on social media and my social media is not where I would like it to be. Um, I put a lot of effort into content creation and um, teaching and that sort of thing, but actually promoting it and getting it out there is, uh, it's just one of those things that falls through the cracks. And so rather than saying, I'm not going to do that, instead, I'm going to bring in somebody um, that is going to do that for me. So I'll still help with the content creation and, and bring that person on board, um, but then have them help me promote it and get it out there. So what does that look like for you in your business? Like who is it you need to bring in? And I want to like mention something. So I have done some outsourcing um, recently that is not necessarily my business, but my life. Um, and I've talked about this before because if you are trying to do everything in your life, including your business, you are going to wear yourself down and end up getting sick. And I don't want that for any of you. Um, and I know because I've done it. And so some of the things that I've outsourced recently are grocery delivery. I love grocery delivery. I have a milkman now. I call him the milk fairy. Um, I love that they bring me my milk and cheese and all those things for my kids, juice, so I don't have to worry about that. Um, I also have a couple grocery delivery people that I use. Um, and I just, I'm really trying to stay out of the stores as much as possible. 
but I also really, I'm one of those weird people that loves grocery shopping. So to me, I'm just like, yay, I like to go. But I also know it's a huge time suck. So, um, but the biggie for me, oh, this is my favorite thing ever, is I hired a house cleaning team. And my favorite thing about having a house cleaning team is, uh, that my whole house is clean at the same time. And that never happens because with three boys, three teenagers, it's just a miracle if things are clean at all, ever. So, um, but I also, this is a, a lesson for me to, uh, what, what am I, I'm not somebody that likes to complain. And so I have to have a talk with my cleaning team because there's a couple things that were not done satisfactorily last time. And um, although I really like them, I'm paying them to do something um, and it needs to be done a specific way. So now it's up to me to communicate that to them. And so um, often when we bring on a team, we're afraid or uh, we you know, don't think that they can take care of it the way we want it to be taken care of. But sometimes it comes down to just communicating that. So I wanted to throw that in there. Um, because a lot of times, you know, we'll be like, no, we'll just do it ourselves. And then we do it. And then they are sitting there going, I don't know why you redid it. I thought it was fine. But we haven't communicated that it wasn't fine and why it wasn't fine. Um, and what those expectations are. So um, anyway, so that is number five is trying to do everything ourselves. So the sooner you can give part of that away, um, the more time you free up to do the things that you want to do and that you're good at. This is a biggie, number six. Um, I work with a lot of people that came have come out of corporate or the professional business world. And um, a lot of times when you jump from corporate into owning your own business, you come with a very corporate mindset. And that's not necessarily a bad thing if you're in corporate and you wanna stay there. But um, when you're in corporate, you have an accounting department, you have a marketing department, you have a sales department, you have um, a production department, you have a human resources department, all of those things. When you're an entrepreneur, you are all of those things. And until you bring somebody onto your team to do those things for you, you will have to do them. And um, it's a it's difficult often for people to step out of the corporate mindset of that's all gonna be taken care of. And I can tell you, I fell into this trap. Um, I'm a smart cookie and I knew all of the different pieces that I could do. Um, and I could figure out a lot of things. I mean, I've done the HR, I've done the accounting, I've done the tax reports, I've done marketing, I've done the sales, you know, you name it, through all of my different um, business opportunities, but I did not walk out of corporate knowing any of those things. And I think the biggest one that entrepreneurs and small business owners struggle with is sales. Um, because, and we're gonna jump into that a little bit further down, but um, there's no sales team, you're it. And so if you are afraid to sell, if you're afraid to get out there and start selling your product and talking about your product and talking about what you do, um, you're gonna struggle. You're gonna struggle to make money. You're gonna struggle to move forward. And um, all the marketing in the world isn't gonna help you if you can't sell a product. So, uh, and it's not easy. Like sales, if you, well, let me, let me rephrase that. Sales can be as hard as you make it. Um, and it's really a mindset shift and it's one that um, will play tricks with your brain. 
Uh, I grew up selling and like we, I went to a Catholic school. I went to a Catholic elementary school and you pretty much had to fundraise for everything, including toilet paper. And so I got really good at selling really early. Um, and, but you know, it still can trip you up. And so, um, stepping out of that corporate mindset of it's going to be taken care of by someone else and realizing that you are responsible for this business, you are responsible for the success or failure of that business is really important. And subconsciously, we can sabotage ourselves. We may think that we're taking control of everything, but if we really step back and look, there's usually a gaping hole as to why we don't have business or we're not making the money we want to make. Um, and it's sad to me that, and I've had two or three close friends that have um, started out on their own and done you know, some consulting work or started to have their own agencies or whatever. And um, they end up going back to corporate and they're miserable because they don't think they can make it. And so um, the reality is, is they were probably waiting for uh, the magic corporate fairy to come and do the work to grow their business. And I don't want that for you. I want you to be aware because when you're aware of what you need to do, um, you can make the shifts to make changes so that you can be successful. So um, that's number six. Number seven is, oh, this is a big one. People do not have an offer or they have not created an offer to sell that people actually want to buy. And we spend a lot of time creating offers and creating lead magnets and doing all these things. But if we go back to number one, you don't know who your audience is and you're creating a product without having an audience or knowing if that audience wants it, you're putting a lot of time and effort into something that is wasted. It's just wasted. Um, people buy really for one reason. It's because they have a problem and they want it solved. And I don't care if it's uh, something as goofy as spray on hair, like, you know what, that guy wants hair. And if you can give him spray on hair and he likes it, he's gonna buy it. Um, or if it's, you know, something more complex, like, I'm, I'm trying to think of something more complex, like a the thing that came into my head is like a financial plan <laughs> because people need to, especially right now, they are worried a little bit about finances and um, they need a plan for the future. They need to be able to figure out how to pay for college and how to retire and all those different things. And so, um, but if you don't have a plan to give them and you're like, I, I see so many financial planners come across my radar with some different organizations that I work with. And it's kind of a joke between me and some of the other copywriters because every one of them is like, yeah, we help you retire and keep your money um, longer so that you can live your, you know, your best life longer or something like that. It's like the same, like every single one of them. I'm like, you know what? You're no different than anybody else. And nobody's going to buy from you unless you figure out why, why you're different. Um, and give them something they want. And so I have a, a good friend who does a really good job. She does financial planning. She does such a great job with her marketing because um, she really talks about, you know, what it takes to be financially successful. Um, no matter where you are coming in at, no matter what level you're coming in at. And she does some really like um, 
basic money training that I don't think a lot of people have um, breaks down, you know, the different ways that depending on when you're coming into the system, how you can make your money faster. I mean, it's very detailed and um, she has targeted women and she has a lot of groups um, that focus on, you know, that specific audience and helping women become um, powerfully financially, financially powerful. Um, And she's done really well. And so thinking about, you know, what it is specifically that, um, so if we're, if we were go, if we're going to go to her, well, um, it's, her name is Kristen, but if we were going to talk about Kristen's business, for example, um, she saw a need with women who specifically were like stay-at-home moms or were found themselves in a situation where they were not, um, they were either forced into making some financial decisions or they were worried about um, financial decisions for their family or themselves in the future. And she found that, you know, um, that specific audience liked to drink wine. They didn't have a lot of knowledge about money or about how to um, make additional money or get ready for retirement or save for college or whatever those things might be. Um, But she got really specific from the mom angle and the um, female angle. And because she was really specific, she could cater her, not only her marketing, but her content that she was teaching to that audience. Um, and really could reach out to them and have a conversation that those women were already having in their heads. And so that's when marketing becomes really powerful. And so if you're going to spend the time and the energy to create an offer um, and try to sell something, make it for, uh, create it for a problem that exists um, that people will pay to have go away basically. Um, and a lot of times we, we have other, uh, I'm, I'm sure you see it all the time. Like there's people that just throw things out there and you're like, what are you doing? Um, and here I'll just throw out an example. So I worked with somebody recently and they're like, um, and this was for a different company, but there, and I'm going to change it a little bit cause I don't want that person to know that I'm talking about them cause that would be rude. But, um, they basically had a program um, based on their own experience of not being able to handle, um, I'm just going to say stress management. That's not what it was, but um, basically it was, we're going to make sure that you don't have stress ever again. And uh, we're going to do that by talking about stress and um, I don't know, all these different things, but it, it, it was not a realistic program. Like it wasn't built out enough and didn't have enough content in it. And he was ready to go talk on stages and um, sell this program. And I was like, I don't, if you were just to put this out there, I don't know that anybody's going to be interested. Like you don't have enough meat in the game. You don't have a solution. You just want to talk about stress. And um, the reality is, is that you, you've got to have a plan for people to, solve that and you have to get more clear about the stress like if you were talking about new parent stress and um you had a solution for new parents like i have some friends that just had a baby and she's uh, just a year younger than me and i'm like i can't imagine how stressful that is um and so you know there you go 
older parents who have had their first children who are stressed out and need advice. Like that's a program. People will pay for that. Um, you know, the, the five things you need to do as an older parent to make sure that um, you're keeping your sanity, not stressed out, maintaining um, your, your uh, relationships, um, you know, all the different things. And it, I think it would be really difficult to have a child later that late in life um, because you've spent so much time not having a child. Um, I just I just think it would be really hard. I and I haven't gone through that experience, so I don't know. Um, but that would completely upend your world. And so I think having a program that's really specific to that problem um, would do really well because my guess is there's probably many people that are, you know, over 40 or over 45 that struggle with that. I would not be the person to create that program because I haven't lived through that. Uh, but my guess is, is that there are people that have, and they have some good tips and some good advice. And, um, there could be many, uh, different ways that they could monetize that and create a solution. But just, you know, waking up one day and going, Hey, um, I'm going to help people organize their notebook. Like that's what nobody wants that. Like there's no need for that. People aren't asking for that. Um, and that's where people get into trouble is they, they have these great brainstorms and ideas. Um, but they don't go out and do the research to realize that people don't want that solution. They're not going to pay for that. Um, and so doing your, your research on that and figuring out what that problem is, is really, really important. And it's something, it's a trap that almost every business owner will fall into at one time or another. Um, and so you need to create a compelling offer that people actually want to pay for. Okay. So moving right along, number eight is if they have an audience, they ignore them. And you guys have heard me talk about this on the show before, but just, it's such a great reminder. If you have an audience, I don't care if it's five people or 500 people and you just build the audience and let them sit there. And then you don't email them. You don't stay in contact on social media. You get busy with work, whatever that looks like. If you aren't in front of them, they are no, they're not going to remain an audience. They're just not. Um, it's like, and I love to use restaurants as an example. Um, if you, you know, have a pretty good crowd of regular people that come in and then all of a sudden you decide you're going to go on vacation for two weeks and then you don't tell anybody that you're back open. How many of those people are going to come back? Like how many of those people, it doesn't take people long to change their mind and go find someone else that's going to solve their problem. We saw a lot of this during COVID, like the people that couldn't shift and adjust really quickly to be able to do, um, takeout or delivery, they're struggling. They're not, you know, it's going to be really hard for them to make a comeback, especially in the food industry, because you're, um, overhead is so high and your profit margin is so low. And so, um, staying in front of your audience and, and creating a captive audience through email or, you know, email is really the best way to, to stay in, in contact with your audience. Um, and staying in front of them and engaging them and nurturing them is the highest return on your investment of any kind of marketing you'll do. And so our, our friends that just opened the brewery, I'm like, you know, are you guys building your list? And I go and look at their website. I'm like, this is a hot mess. Um, I love you guys, but this is a hot mess. Like nobody signs, nobody's going to sign up for your newsletter. You know why? Nobody wants another flipping newsletter. That's why. 
um, we have we are inundated with marketing and so if your call to action on your website is sign up for our newsletter you might as well just take it off and not do anything really just don't even bother because people aren't going to sign up for it they don't care um, and then on the other hand there's like a great uh, there's this oh, I'm trying to think what they're called um, there's this great little dive restaurant um, in Denver that I've been at a couple times and I can't remember the name of them but they are so smart with their marketing I'm like oh you guys are brilliant um, but when you sign up or when you get your order they ask for your email and then you have the option to check or uncheck the box to subscribe well what they did during COVID it was just brilliant they were one of the first people to put together um, pre-cooked packaged meals so people could come and get them and then they just have to heat them up um, they had like a drive-through option they didn't have a drive-through for their location but they made one in the parking lot um, they constantly were sending out like little blips and updates about things that were going on and they stayed in front of their audience with their email consistently every week and they've continued to do it now were they doing that ahead of time not as much i mean you probably would hear from them once a month but they really stepped it up and um i see that there's a few other people now that are trying to do that but they're doing a bad job of it and i'll tell you why in a minute because it goes down to number nine which is our next topic um but I just want to wrap back around is that don't ignore your audience. They're too important to your business and to the growth of your business. And so if you're going to put the time and effort into building an audience, make sure you love on them all the time. Stay in front of them, give them value. And then when you are ready to present that offer that you create, they are ready and primed and waiting. So what they're doing wrong with their email, <laughs> number nine, um, it, the people that are trying to jump on the bandwagon now and they you know maybe they got a few email lists from or emails from orders or whatever one they didn't ask permission to email me anything other than uh, my order information and two every email I get from them is about selling their stuff and people don't want to be bombarded with sales information all the time they just don't. That's not building an audience. That's pushing your crap in front of them. It's no worse. It's no better than walking down the mall and walking by all those like kiosks in the middle of the aisle. And they're always like, here, have a sample. And you're like, I don't want your freaking sample. I just don't want it. And so um, that that's, this is a twofold thing here. So selling too soon to your audience, like you haven't earned the right to sell to them is um on one shoe and then you got the people that never sell and i would have fallen into that category i still um am not as good at it as i would like to be um but i'm working on it and so as i said from the beginning i've done a lot of these i haven't done all of them but i've done a lot of these um or i've had the experiences over time um but not selling at all is not good either so delivering value delivering value delivering value and then never having it go anywhere you're just creating content and you're like, what am I doing? Why do I do this every day? I'm not making any money um, because you haven't sold them. And some of that can go back to not having a compelling offer to give them. And some of that can just be that you're afraid to sell. And so we've got to recognize what that is in ourselves and then handle it because we're big girls, big boys, and we got to pull up our britches and do what we need to do. 
So number nine is you either sell too soon or not at all. Okay, we're getting to the last one and we're gonna wrap it up. This this episode got a little longer than I had hoped, but um, this is an important one. So number 10 is you don't have a customer service policy or process in place. And so um, you do sell a product and maybe you, let's just say you're doing an online course and you have an online product and they pay you and then it's crickets. They don't get any information from you. They don't know, like they might get a receipt, but they don't know, are they in the course? What's going on? When does it start? Um, and part of that is just, we got a plan. We got to plan ahead. And so um, whatever that customer service process looks like, and that's why um, when I tried to talk about in number five, trying to do everything yourself is impossible. Um, because you can't, even with an online program, try to do everything yourself because you're going to have um, things come through when you're trying to focus in one area that maybe you have a customer service issue, somebody has a tech problem, and you can't stop and fix that when you're doing a webinar. And so um, the sooner you can figure out, you know, like where you're going to plug new people in on your team and um, create a customer service policy or um, even a um, terms and conditions so you're setting yourself up for success like you're putting it right out there you see terms and conditions on websites all the time and guarantees and all those different things those are set up for a reason so that you know if people have questions or concerns or whatever um, they can go get an answer on your website first so if you don't have those things set up that's an important maybe i should do an episode about that i think i'll, I'll think about doing that like what needs to be in those um, documents and how to get started um, but you know, creating a customer service experience that um, creates raving fans is a brilliant way to grow your business. So um, that's what we've got today. I'm gonna wrap it up. All of the notes from this episode will be at elisaconnor.com forward slash 97. Uh, I talked about a lot of different things today and I would love for you, if you got value out of this episode, to share it with your friends um, and anybody that would benefit from what we talked about. So avoid making those 10 mistakes. If you've made some, don't beat yourself up. Just pat yourself on the back because you're on the other side and uh, do your best moving forward. So in the meantime, have a wonderful week. I uh, will talk with you guys next week. And if you, again, want to tune into any of the notes to go with this episode, you can find those over at elisaconnor.com forward slash 97. See you soon. If you're struggling with what to say, who to say it to, and where to say it, you may need my new Ideal Client Worksheet. The Ideal Client Worksheet helps you discover the important questions that you need to ask when it comes to finding your clients. It will help you understand them, understand their problems, so that you connect with them, attract them, turn them into leads, and convert them into customers. So go grab your copy today at alisaconnor.com forward slash ideal client.